It's Monday, and that so happens to be the day that I like to talk about monsters. I'm Jeff Arbuckle, and this is Monster Mondays, presented to you by Film Seizure. You can catch new episodes of Film Seizure with myself and Jason Oliver on Wednesdays, but Mondays are for me to talk about monster movies. For the final episode of this special black and white ooky spooky October on Monster Mondays, I decided to go for a massive pop culture icon. As I said a few weeks ago, this month was going to have a couple of more oddball looks at monsters sandwiched between two universal classics. Well, it's time to finally get into the plight of one Larry Talbot, the Wolfman. Golly damn, I have a lot I could talk about with this movie. I could get into the whole lore of werewolves and their most universal appeal, no pun intended. I could talk about the origin of the Wolfman movie, uh, which I'm sure I could touch upon. However, it's impossible to not talk about the man who would most definitely be forever linked with werewolf movies, but also was launched into massive worldwide fame, Lon Chaney Jr., so, let's start there. Lon Chaney Jr. was born Creighton Chaney in 1906. His father was a gigantic star. Think of him as Boris Karloff before Karloff hit it big with Frankenstein. Lon Chaney was nicknamed the Man of 1,000 Faces, basically for how he could transform himself through makeup he himself developed. Lon died in 1930 of complications from lung cancer. Creighton would enter Hollywood under his birth name, and by the mid-30s, studios pressured him into going by the stage name of Lon Chaney Jr. In 1939, he gained fame by playing Lenny, the dim-witted oaf in Of Mice and Men. Sadly, despite being able to show great acting talent, his success as a hulking brute only typecast him as such through Universal. Chaney would go on to play every original classic Universal monster. Along with the Wolfman, he also played Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, posing as Alucard, the son of Dracula, and the Mummy. Aside from the monster roles, he did get a lot of parts through the 40s, including a series called The Inner Sanctum, based on old-time radio mystery stories. Beyond the 40s, Chaney was able to carve out a decent career playing in supporting roles, often as villains. Speaking of, he did appear in an episode of The Monkees playing a gangster goon, and that was probably my very earliest exposure to Lon Chaney Jr. He was known to drink a lot. He was married twice, and his first wife left him for drinking too much and being kind of a bummer. According to Robert Stack, Chaney and his drinking buddy Broderick Crawford were known as the monsters around the Universal lot because of how potentially violent he could get and how they could both basically get involved in fights and various other shenanigans while on a bender. He often starred in movies with Evelyn Anchors, as in with this week's movie. However, despite having marvelous chemistry on screen, they despised one another. And there are a few people like that who Cheney would have heated dislikes for. However, on the other hand, those he got along with thought him to be extremely sweet and kind. And not only that, but whenever older generation actors worked on the same movies as Cheney, he demanded vehemently that they be treated with the same respect as the main players as he felt that most of the silent era stars were largely treated as has-beens and forgotten. It's probably safe to say that Lon Chaney Jr. was a very conflicted and complicated man. 
As for the story of the Wolfman, it would technically go through a couple of versions before what eventually ended up on screen in 1941. The original version of the movie featured a child whose parents were killed and he is more or less raised by wolves. He would change into a werewolf every full moon. It also took place in the 19th century. There were some other deeply religious ideas that Universal would ultimately deem problematic and didn't want to piss off the incredibly powerful Catholic Church. So the script had to be shelved. However, ideas from that movie would ultimately leak into other movies, but not really ever the actual Wolfman that we know today. Universal had dabbled with werewolves before. In the 30s, they made Werewolf of London. That had an interesting cross between a man of science and a more folky legend and supernatural curse. I will very likely... Uh, get to that one eventually down the line and the wolf man was really kind of more of an original idea written by Kurt Siedmack a Jewish man who had escaped Germany he mostly created the legend that we believe to be ancient in regards to lycanthropy or werewolfism killing a werewolf by silver wolfsbane being bitten or scratched by a werewolf passing that curse on to you seeing a pentagram in the palm of a victim's hand all of that was created by siadmak the general story itself of a pure man doomed to failure is drawn from greek tragedy some of the ideas of werewolf lore of monsters hiding within people who appear to be good and pure comes from some of his experiences of having to flee Nazi Germany, not to mention people being marked for death by a star disguised as a pentagram in the movie. Much like Bram Stoker can be attributed to much of the vampire myth we know today, Kurt Siedmack has claim to almost everything we know about werewolves in pop culture. As for the movie itself, Larry Talbot returns to his family home in Wales after the death of his brother from a hunting accident. Larry's father, Sir John, is a research scientist. Soon after arriving, Larry becomes attracted to a local shop owner's daughter, Gwen, played by Evelyn Ankers. He decides to buy an antique cane with a wolf's head made of silver atop it in order to speak to her and get to know her better. She tells him that the emblem on the side of a wolf and a star refers to the legend of the werewolf, and she is the first to tell him the poem that sure sounds like some old parable from an old country somewhere. Even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf's bane blooms and the autumn moon is bright. Larry and Gwen go on a sort of date while also accompanied by Gwen's friend Jenny. Jenny gets her fortune read by a gypsy man who has come into town as he does with his mother each and every year. The man, played by Bella Lugosi, soon discovers that she will die, but refuses to tell her. She is cursed by the pentagram in her palm, revealing that he will soon attack her after turning into a werewolf. After killing Jenny, he also attacks Larry, who kills him with the silver head of his cane. However, in doing so, Larry is bitten by the wolf. Instead of finding a dead wolf, the authorities only find the dead gypsy man. Larry wakes to some oddities, like he sees a star marked in his chest, almost like a tattoo, and no sign of the bite from the wolf. Worse, he's basically the only likely suspect in killing 
the gypsy man. Ultimately, the gypsy fortune teller's mother reveals to him that he has taken on the curse of the werewolf from her son by being bitten by him. She reveals the legend of the werewolf and is desperate to give him a charm to wear over his heart at all times. It is meant to basically protect him, but considering he has no wound anymore, she sends him away and hopes heaven will help him with what comes next. Immediately after leaving, the gypsies pack up and get the hell out of Dodge. Larry's like, you know what, I don't really buy this hocus pocus shit, and he gives Gwen the charm to protect her from him. She takes off running after kissing Larry, and he realizes that the gypsies are packing up because, supposedly, there are werewolf shenanigans afoot in the camp. Larry hurries home and transforms into the titular wolfman. He roams the graveyard and kills the gravedigger. Larry tries to plead with the authorities that these killings are not being done by a wolf, but by a werewolf. The town doctor believes that Larry is just simply terribly ill, but Sir John does not agree with the assessment and refuses for the doctor to treat him for fear of what that will do to the family name. After another night, a werewolf leads him to plead with Gwen to stay home and away from him. He sees a pentagram in Gwen's hand, and when he tries to leave town, Sir John basically ties Larry to a chair to prove to him that he won't turn into a wolf and leave the house. Sir John then joins the hunt for the actual real wolf that everybody thinks that they're hunting, and lo and behold, Larry transforms, makes his way out, and attacks Gwen before he is ultimately killed by Sir John with Larry's silver-headed cane. He transforms back to Larry to everyone's sadness. Now, for my three things that I like about this movie, I want to start by going back to what I said earlier. The legend of the Wolfman is so spot-on and specific and well-designed, you have to believe this is something that is centuries old. While werewolves and vampires are not exactly new ideas, they are mostly, or they were at least, mostly metaphorical for other conditions of the human psyche, physical oddities or mental issues or birth defects, what have you. This movie features loads of these old world ideas spoken by gypsy nomads that feel like this is their legend and culture coming to the screen. In one of the documentary features on the Wolfman Blu-ray, it is mentioned that if you asked anyone about where they think these various ideas come from or originated, most would likely say, oh, I don't know, probably someplace in Romania or Eastern Europe in the 15th or 16th centuries. They are that well developed by the script. It just simply adds to the marvelous mystique and atmosphere to the movie. And there you have my second thing. There is no better Halloween movie, well, aside from maybe the actual Halloween movies, than The Wolfman. The scenes in the wooded area in which Lugosi's werewolf attacks Larry Talbot and then later where Talbot's wolfman roamed like just looks like a total wasteland the trees are dead it's desolate it's foggy whenever i hear a wolf howl in a movie or tv show i almost immediately think of that foggy wasteland in europe that larry talbot becomes the wolfman in texas lady love gwen i recommend watching this at night with all the lights out in fact to watch it in preparation for this episode i did that very thing Lastly, Lon Chaney Jr. is absolutely, without a doubt, THE Wolfman. He may have played a bunch of monsters at Universal, but Larry Talbot and the Wolfman is 
Cheney Jr.'s very own. He's not playing a character made famous by Lugosi or Karloff. This was a role that he began with and finished. No one else played the Wolfman until much, much later when the movie was remade in 2010. Sure, there may have been other werewolves on screen, but no other Wolfman. Cheney was so good in this movie that he actually outshines one of the very greatest Claude Rains, who plays his father in the movie. Many say why he is so excitable and dedicated to the role of the Wolfman was to exercise the demons of his earlier career of being basically cast as nobodies, typecast as thugs and brutes, etc. Later roles allowed him to bring other facets of his troubled life out, and while he maybe didn't get the leading roles or had to often just take scraps in bad B-movies or television guest roles, he did get to be in movies like High Noon with Gary Cooper and is in one of the most beloved cult classics from the 60s that is considered his finest role on film, that of Bruno in the movie Spider Baby. While all of that came after The Wolfman, Lon Chaney Jr. most definitely consistently showed a fire that should have been something that led to him being a bigger star than he was. So that wraps up this week's Monster Mondays. Until next week, I'll see you later. And don't forget to check out new episodes of Film Seizure every Wednesday and a new installment of Monster Mondays each Monday on FilmSeizure.com as well as check out new posts at my website, BMovieEnema.com each and every Friday morning. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.